Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest installation of the Rob and Callie show. Hope everybody's doing well. My name is Callie Alpert, and I'm here with my dear friend, Rob Kay. Hi, Robbie. What's up, Callie? How are you doing? Good. So today, we'll just get right into it based on the uh, recent events. Well, they're not recent collectively, but most recently, the events that have been going on in France, Lebanon, Mali. The first thing we want to do is just acknowledge that our um, thoughts and prayers go out to all the victims, their friends and families, their nations, anybody involved. And I think on a larger um, scope we want to talk about just how we're coping just as two everyday people in the scheme of everyone else who's trying to cope as well, right? I mean, we we tend to stay away. Um, it was a conscious decision when we started the show to stay away from politics yeah. um, and current events. I know for, for me, for one, I don't feel that that's my forte, so I don't really feel like that's a comfort zone for me to speak of. But certainly mm. we can't ignore this from, I think at least from the, the the perspective or the wheelhouse that you and I tend to process things, right? Mm-hmm. So it's vast and it's delicate and it's sensitive and there is no rhyme or reason and there's so many layers and nuances to what people must be going through mm-hmm. and how directly impacted they are. Yeah. So I can only speak for me, um, which is that number one, I'm still processing everything. Mm-hmm. And number two... I'm just trying to figure out what I can do with what's going on because there's so much that I, we collectively cannot control. Right. And it takes me back to so many, even, you know, um, going as far back in recent decade and a half um, with 9-11 and certainly plenty of things that happened traumatically before that to Mm -hmm. our country, to our world. But I do feel a a familiar trigger with that. Um, And... So I've been thinking a lot about how to deal with fear and anxiety and helplessness and just what that means on a daily basis, you know? Yeah. Um, I think I need to continue to talk it out with you to even come up with things that might be helpful for, you know, for me to say or that people can mm-hmm. maybe feel some sort of connection with. But mm-hmm. um one of them that comes to mind really is just figuring out how to do what I can in my own little life because all the global worldly things I really can't control. And I don't mean that from a place of resignation or passivity. Mm-hmm. I think that's just realistic. Yeah. You know, um, there's ways you can vote politically. There's people you can hope get into office in ways that represent what you know your ideologies are on a global scale but mm-hmm. personally in my little individual day-to-day life i've just been trying to use it as a um a motivator to try to be really present try not to get caught up in fear mm-hmm. um trying to do things that counter the energy, trying to be more diligent about doing good and hoping that that ripples out. I mean, I want to talk, let's, you know, let's maybe just start there. Yeah. Um, because again, it's, it's so vast. So I'm curious, like, where are you with all this? 
Well, I had the same reaction you did. It reminded me a lot of 9-11. And again, our thoughts and prayers go out to anyone who's been affected by this and just to the world. You know, I've been praying for the world since it happened. Just, you know, one guy in New York City in my apartment or walking around and I've just been praying and sending good vibes out to the world because the world is hurting and it's not just Paris. It's like you said, so many other places in the world right now, people are hurting and there's traumatic events going on. And I think it affects us all on a very human level, the same, where it breaks our heart. You know, it's sort of like the world has a bit of a broken heart and it's been trying to heal. And part of that is that there are still really traumatic things that happen. When 9-11 happened, I was on West 4th Street that day in 6th Avenue. So I saw a lot from that distance of Mm. the buildings. I had no idea they were going to go down. And it was really traumatizing. And there were thousands of us in the street. And I watched the news. We only got CBS Channel 2 in Brooklyn on cable. It was the only station we got for a week or two. And I would watch Channel 2 News. Yeah. So I would watch Channel 2 News every day. I was obsessed with what was going on on the site. Did they find anybody? Did anything happen? Um, And then what, what was the reason it happened or who did it? And with this event, I've done the opposite. I've hardly watched the news. Mm -hmm. And I usually don't watch the news in general because I think um, there used to be something in the 80s, I think, called the positive news or something or good news or something. Well, that sounds novel. Yeah, they were trying to do something different because the news is geared. There's just such a slant for negativity. And I'm really sensitive. And I don't need to hear about a lot of things that are happening. It doesn't mean I want to ignore that there's terrible things that happen. It's just... You know, I I can think of my own terrible things. I don't need to watch the news, um, and it can get quite addictive too. And I and I do fall um, prey to that a little bit until I remember not to. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't watched the news at all. I did the other night, and I started to tear up a little. You know, I I think, and then I watched the American Music Awards last night, and Celine Dion did a tribute song, yeah, in fr- in French, and. Um, they did a lot of pictures in the background while she was singing of what's going on in Paris. And um, it's very sad. You know, it's terrible. It's terrible how one human being can treat another human being or one human being can treat a group of human beings. So um, I haven't watched the news a lot. That being said, I've been trying to somehow not focus on why this happened or why it's happening or what is this about as much as how can I make use of this in some positive way as crazy as that sounds Mm. Um, it's all we have really yeah is to figure out how we can control our own individual lives so that doesn't sound so crazy yeah so you know it um it also reminded me of an event that happened this summer that i called you about where i had left a friend's apartment and it was a spring day everything seemed fine and i got out of the building And as I was approaching the corner, I looked up and I saw debris falling through a tree and it was a grandmother holding a grandchild and a brick had fallen from the building Mm -hmm. and hit the grandchild. And they laid the grandchild on a bench in front of the building and she was bleeding. It had hit her head and immediately a bunch of us went over as a group and started to see if we could do anything. And 
I started to tear up a little. I was, it was such a traumatic, upsetting thing to see a child. She was two years old or less, and she ended up passing away. Mm. So I talked to a spiritual teacher, spiritual advisor I go to sometimes, and they said to me that this was a wake-up call for me to really focus on what I want to do in my life and not let fear control me that now is the time to live. And we just started the podcast and I was concerned about what am I going to talk about in the podcast and should I talk about this and should I not talk about that? I don't want to upset this person. I don't want to do that. And I was like, fuck it. We're just going to do this. And so I've tried to make use of that traumatic event to fuel me and to help me in my own life to be inspired to take chances and step outside my own comfort zone and my own thinking and to try and live. I think that, and um, and again, this is not in any way, God bless that little girl and that grandmother and that whole scene, and I think we're trying to be careful a little bit about the way we discuss this, because yeah. there is no way to properly do justice to these global catastrophes. Yeah. So we want to say that, and we're not comparing personal incidents from big global ones or, you know... Um, uh, suggesting that anyone's life is more important or any loss is bigger or smaller or, well, no, I should say we're not suggesting that any, um, that losses are comparable. It's, it's not something you can really put a measure on or judge, I feel. Um, but I remember with uh, 9-11, the streets were so quiet for a few days. In fact, I remember when the honking started, there was a little part of me that smiled and chuckled that this thing that's always bugged me because it's so impractical and nonsensical for people to honk. It accomplishes nothing. But it was the fact that there was so much quiet in the streets. What good came from that, though, is that there were people that were really incented to help each other and to be kinder to each other because dark always begets light. Yeah. Um, And often, unfortunately, it goes in reverse, too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, what do we do with all of this? I know um, for me and a lot of people that I know after anything traumatic happens in our lives, whether it's personal or global, um, once you can sit with it, number one, and process the pain, which again, I feel is really important to just sit and let yourself feel whatever feelings are coming up and not judge them because that's always the first way, you know, first thing to do is to purge and give that some space to get it out of your body. I think Mm -hmm. that's really important Mm -hmm. or that doesn't go well. If you start festering all of that, talking to people, connecting with people that you love and then figuring out what it is that's meaningful to you and giving, breathing more life into that. Yeah. Um, in the name of people that are lost in the name of the shitty things that are going on on the planet you know, whether it's to be kinder to people or to do something that's a more conscious act in in terms of making the world better. I feel Mm -hmm. like there's a, uh, you know, a determination um, when these things happen to remind us how much the world needs more love and more heart um, to contrast all the shitty stuff that goes on and these barbaric actions that we have no rational human explanation. We don't have a language for this stuff. We don't. Um, There are times, I'm just digressing because it's, again, so vast, it's hard to know exactly how to cover this. Mm -hmm. But I think about um, the times where I have been dragged back into the news is when they're talking about the psychographics of these perpetrators, these terrorists in this particular situation. Um, Because there's a part of me that really wants to have some sort of an understanding just for my own 
just for me to be able to process mm. um, from a psychological perspective, mm. you know. Um, but at the same time, what it makes me also feel uh, that I want to spend more time doing is being kinder to people that I love, being kinder to strangers on the street, maybe taking up extra volunteerism or doing something that's a little more charitable. I do mm. believe, you know, and again, you and I have talked about this off off air um, because we have... I think some very similar beliefs in terms of the overall like karma of the universe and things that might sound like they're spiritualizing away a lot of this. We can get into that a little bit if we want to. Um, but when you go to all of that, I do think that uh, darkness has benefits to it. And again, I say this without want to, wanting to minimize any of the pain and shit that people experience. Mm. Um, but I do think that it can often be used to give us more juice to turn things around mm. and to mobilize good and mobilize efforts for good. It mm. might not change all of this. I, I'm not saying it can take on some of these, um, you know, just the, the world and it's the way it's changing. And again, things that we can't control. Yeah. But I do think that energetically mm. um, fortifying good and, and doing it, like I said, mobilizing good can it can have benefits. Yeah. Just the way I think prayer can have benefits, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I still haven't gotten to the place because even as I'm hearing myself talk, I'm still pro- talking, you know, processing this at, right now as we're, as we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, what about anything else that's come to you that's, that's concrete? Yeah, well, I think, you know, any massive change usually is motivated by pain. I think yeah. that's one of the greatest lessons in the history of the world. True. I mean, just think about Gandhi leading India. I mean, that would have never happened had he even personally experienced so much pain to get to that massive change and movement that happened on a continent. So, and then eventually affected the world. So, I think that although it's difficult to see anybody suffer and it's difficult to go through suffering. There is some benefit from it. I don't believe myself that there's just random chaos in the world that doesn't have some positive effect on the world at all. I just can't believe that myself. That doesn't mean that I don't understand it, but then I stop being the figure outer. I'm like, I don't have to figure this out. Right. Just I have need, to trust that that's the case. And I need to go into my day and like you said, be kind to strangers, see what I can do to have a positive effect on the world myself and just change what I can change. You know, I love the serenity prayer and I love the simplicity about it, you know, and for people that don't know the serenity prayer, it's God, um, <laughs> Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And sometimes knowing the difference is a bit of a challenge, but I know I can't really change what happened. What I can change is today, and I can change how we are in the studio, and I can affect what we're saying and what I'm saying and what I'm thinking about how I can have a positive effect when I leave the studio. And that's the most important thing because the most important thing I can do is focus on my own thinking, my own feeling, my own behavior. 
And I also think that because it's, I, I have a, um, a good amount of people around me, including family members that are in a deep place of fear. I too, admittedly, I, I don't like to live from a place of fear, but I find myself doing things which, you know, rationally are ridiculous because I can't smart anything horrendous from happening or anything unforeseen from happening. Right. Not that those are mutually exclusive. Um, where I, my route might be a little different. The avoidance of crowds might be a little more intact. I don't want to empower those um, you know, anybody who's doing, uh, bringing darkness to this planet by living that way. So it's not necessarily a feeling of fear, but just a little thought of being a little more prudent or doing things a little bit differently. I have to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not um, thrilled or proud of that, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, you know, might avoid a subway on a day where I wouldn't have before, or, you know, mm-hmm. you go through moods where you think you, again, have these superpowers to know what to, you know, what to avoid and what not. Yeah. But I think um, what I'm, uh, what I'm Wait, really you getting, don't have those superpowers? <laughs> well, you're, you're very, you're, you're blinded by love. So yes, to you I do. Uh, <laughs> um, You're highly intuitive. <laughs> um, I like to be wrong about these things though too, you know, and right. it's, yeah, but that's a whole, yeah, uh, that can make me sound like a crazy person. Um, Wait, what do you mean make you sound like? <laughs> <laughs> There's that. I join um, you in that tribe. <laughs> We're the crazies. Um, Welcome to the crazy show. <laughs> but I, I do think that uh, fear, which again is a very natural uh, byproduct of what's going on in the world, especially when it's fresh, yeah, is something to really try to get in touch with. And... I find myself in the middle of the night, even if I'm stirring over some of these things that we're talking about, I really try to take myself to a meditative place where I get out of my thoughts and just get very much in the present and not try not to let my head wander too much. Because especially as a creative person, you know, just as much as your mind can go to creativity that can be positive, you can go to some really negative, dark scenarios. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I won't scare you by telling you any of them. Scare you about me. Well, I um, always say, though, that worry is using our imagination in a negative way. Yeah. So it's about turning yeah. it around and using our imagination in a positive way. It is, right, because you can also start visualizing good things happening for the planet. I really do believe, um, as, as airy-fairy and woo-woo to some, as that might sound, yeah. that putting out that kind of energy and those types of visualizations actually do have a lot of power. I do believe that thought creates. Yeah, I know there is, um, if anybody is a fan of Greg Braden, I'm just throwing his name out as somebody who's pretty genius when it comes to finding the science behind um, some of these metaphysical concepts where there actually is quantifiable research to prove that thought does create yeah. and prayer does work. Mm-hmm. If anybody wants to check him out, I highly recommend it. So I do believe that positive imagination um, can can do good. But getting back to the fear thing, I think it's really important to try not to feed that, to cut it off to, as my mother often says, visualize the stop sign in your brain if you see yourself going to those dark places. Mm-hmm. Because that's the kind of thing that can eat away at your heart and your soul and your health. And also just um, keep you from living the the good moments that we are all blessed with. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny though, because talking about the worry, it reminds me, me and my buddy Christian have this joke when we met years ago and we were working together and we realized that we both had this attachment to worry where we'd be like, 
I forgot what I was worrying about. What was I worrying about? You know, where you just like, you're just so attached yeah. to the worry. So yeah. we always joke around about that. But um, the other thing is your point about the fear and just if you, it, I don't think the details matter about how you grew up and what happened. I think the important thing is that if you come from an environment growing up and then you're an adult where you have a lot of fear because you're around a lot of people that were afraid and you picked up on that. I think that's part of the journey of life and the work that we do is to get the fear out so that we can welcome more faith or just better feeling, you know, feeling of safety and feeling of positivity and and feeling like things are all right, that the world is a safe, good place. And I can venture out and do what I want and be a part of it. And I think that's been part of my challenge in life is to get to that place where I don't let fear control me because sometimes it has and it still does. And I think one of the most important things that I could, I could say in the episode today is that if anything, people are more aware. And I think for me, that's where it all starts being aware of myself, having awareness, because when I'm aware I, I can then change my behavior, what I'm thinking. And like you were saying, if I find that my thinking is getting off track and going to a negative path to bring it back to positivity. Mm-hmm. Oh, there I go again. Mm-hmm. I'm getting afraid. I'm thinking about something negative. Let me bring it back to something positive. And I found that that's where true peace of mind is in my life. I learned this in my early 20s when I read some spiritual literature, I think it was As a Man Thinketh and some other books, where it was all about what we think, we feel, and then that's what we attract in our life. And so I'm constantly trying to remember to watch what I'm thinking. Some days are better than others, you know? How's, yeah, how's that going for you? No. It's, it, usually it's pretty good, you know? But some days, you know, it's it's a bit of a challenge. And when you have world events like this happen, it's... It's almost like maybe I felt a little guilty thinking positively or thinking about having fun in life or doing mm. something positive in my own life. And then I think, well, but that's that's part of life is that even though these things are going on, maybe me, and this is very important, me going out into the world and enjoying life more mm-hmm. or doing positive things will help that situation because I'm bringing that positive vibe to my environment and to the world itself. Mm, it, I, you did, um, we talked about this on an early episode. You said this to me after the tsunamis happened years back in Japan. We were talking and I, we were, I was very upset on the phone and I said to you, I feel so powerless and so out of control. What do I do? How do I help besides things like contributing money or, you know, anything that you can do from a humanitarian standpoint, there's always endless opportunities for that as well. But what can I do just again in my own little life every day? And you said to me, the best thing I can do is continue to try to find joy and happiness and have a good day. And originally, I thought that sounds so um, selfish and self-centered. And how does that apply to people that are suffering in a country halfway around the world? Um, But then I came to realize and and since then really gotten that that energetically does trickle out it really Mm. does it might Mm. sound like justification for i'm just going to stay in my own little life in my own little bubble and make sure i have fun and my family's okay Mm -hmm. but i do believe that on an energetic level there is validity to that which takes me to the other um thought here which is about how um i think we also need to get progress you know just continually more comfortable with the idea of a lack of control and powerlessness 
especially with these big global events. I mean, there is not a lot that we can do um, on a lot of these levels, especially when we're dealing with something like terrorism. And that's a very uncomfortable place to be. How do we process being so out of control? It's interesting because I'm so glad I remembered this. I was watching, it wasn't Bill Maher. It was something else where a father who has a son lost his wife in the Paris attacks recently. And he either wrote an op-ed or something to the terrorists. And he said, what you wanted to do was to get us to hide. And we're not. We're going to do the opposite. We're going to go and live. And we're going to live for her, and we're going to live for us. You can't have my fear, I think is how he put it, right? Yeah. Is that the one you're thinking yeah. of? Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. because It's giving me chills. Yeah, I've me too. I yeah. just got goosebumps. So maybe, you know, just to let everyone know, we had no idea how we were going to approach this topic. And just to get this, just to get to this point in the episode where maybe that is the lesson for all of us to not let fear control our lives by this incident or these incidents in the world and to inspire us and motivate us to go out and live. Especially if it's coming from somebody who was directly impacted and God bless him. I'm I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his name, um, but it was a beautiful online video that uh, just, um, you know, started going viral over the last handful of days and what a brave young man with his little baby but that's it was really deep and very very touching and Mm. it does speak to i think um the root of what all of us can try to do which Mm. is not give fear to anybody Mm. Mm. right because Mm. who loses Mm. we do yeah Anytime I'm in fear, I'm going to be in pain or I'm going to feel uncomfortable. And um, it's my job to keep practicing not being there. You know, it's human nature for all of us to do it. I have to say, though, I think over the years, I've really learned to surround myself with more people that are focusing on faith than fear or not necessarily faith, but focusing on enjoying life more than being scared by life and i used to surround myself with people who were afraid of the world Mm. and afraid of life and afraid of themselves i mean what what is the scariest thing to me than my own demons or things that are really scary about myself my own issues or things i haven't worked through or or problems i've had or what experiences i've had and i think part of the way that i affect the world is to heal my own wounds and take care of things that scare me about myself and then I can help others do that. And I, I think that's another thing that happens from events like this is that it causes compassion. And I can't have compassion for other people unless I've gone through some shit myself. And I think a lot of the things that I've been through in life, traumatic or painful or scary or upsetting, whatever it may be, has made me a more compassionate person, a more caring person to where I want to take some of my energy and focus it on the world and other people and how to help them. That's just, that's been my journey. Yeah, no, I think that that's a very, um, that that, that really is a, a great sort of distillation of what you know you and I could try to offer to this conversation and to our listeners is just that it's to continue to live your greatest happiest life in the midst I mean there is you know you've been hearing this terminology it's a new normal the world is a real shit show 
um, on so many levels, and yet there's still so much beauty. And there are major paradigm shifts going on in terms of just in our lifetime, the the changes in the way um, you know darkness is showing itself in the in the versions of war and crime, and you know just. Um, you know, famine and refugees and, and, you know, so many different, uh, there's endless topics obviously Mm -hmm. that we can't do justice to. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a lot of things to get used to that don't have a lot of rules and could catch us very, very off guard. Mm -hmm. And again, the only thing that I think, I mean, for me that I feel like I have some control over is my own little day to day life. Yeah. The good I do, the amount of love I try to emit, the joy I try to bring to other people, yeah. the contributions I try to make. That's really, it sounds so trite, but I feel like that's kind of what all this boils down to, really. Yeah. But, you know, when you think about it, though, Callie, I mean, the world has always had darkness. It always. started in darkness. Yes. So it's like, I think the world has been evolving just like we're evolving as souls. So... I mean, if we really want to look at things, let's see the progress that the earth has made. I mean, you know, just women, women's rights, you know, as far as um, being able to vote or being able to go out and earn a living and the husband staying home taking care of babies or, you know, I don't, I don't want to focus on sort of a, a more minimal example compared to what's going on. But, you know, slavery and just um, uh the emancipation of other countries around the world where there are democracy or people can vote and have more of a say what's going on. I mean, there's been a lot of progress in the world in for, you know, thousands of years. And it's just that we're going through some times that are very barbaric and very startling and horrendous on a humanity level. Right. It's just so inhumane what's going on. And that's at the same time, this has been going on for centuries so I think, again, it's right now it's very prevalent and it's the topic of conversation because it's so recent. And at the same time, I think it's another reminder for all of us to focus on what changes we can make in our own life and to continue to stay committed to evolving ourselves and to focus on how we can help the world evolve. I'm just trying to say that I think the world has been evolving away from the darkness into the light and it will continue to. And I'm just trying to do what I can to bring more light to the world. You bring a lot of light to my world. Well, thank you. You know, I just, um, in closing, I want to say, too, that I, uh, when things were, not that they always haven't been a hotbed for way too long, but when things were really heating up in the Middle East, um, you know, within the last half a year-ish, I consulted a very wise, very um, special Ayurvedic yogi friend of mine. Um, He's one of the more special people that I know. Very, very wise and very practiced uh, at what he does. Um, And I asked him what to do with all of what was going on in the world. And he said to just remember that... um, to our earthly eyes, this all, like I said, looks like a total shit show. That, those were not his words. These are mine. And that there is, um, the earth is, and, and mankind are playing out a karma that is exactly where it's supposed to be, even though it looks really painful to us. And that all we can do is continue to stay our course as individuals. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. So with that, this has been the end of another episode of The Rob and Callie Show. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more about me, you can go to robk.com. 
And if you'd like to find out more about me, I can check out CallieAlpert.com. Take care, everybody. Take care, y'all. Peace. Peace.